Welcome to the Jackcast. This is Jackcast Philosophy 1, or the very first episode of the Jackcast. The topic for this podcast is why philosophy. However, this podcast will also detail a little bit about Jackcast itself and the reasoning behind doing this podcast. You don't need to know any philosophy in order to understand or listen to this podcast. This is directed to everyone who knows me. Thank you for all the support and enthusiasm all of you guys have already shown me. Especially Kyler and Kelton, who I want to make a special shout out because they make the music for this cast. Anyone who helps with the podcast, I dub a Jackcaster. I know it's kind of cheesy, but it's my way of saying thanks. And plus, I'll give you a little digital pin or something designed by me to make you feel a little special. So if you want to become Jackcasters like Kyler and Kelton, just let me know and DM me at Jackcast underscore. But enough of the exposition already. Let's get to the show. So Jackcast is just my own personal space to talk about and talk with my friends about the variety of things I'm interested in in an effort to essentially get these things more closer together. So what I mean by these things is that my main interests that will be covered in this podcast will be Jackcast art, so on art, Jackcast philosophy on philosophy, and Jackcast tech on tech. And the reason why I want to do these three things is because I believe that these ideas and these essentially disciplines of my life and interests of my life have been compartmentalized a bit too much. They don't overlap within each other and I feel like a lot of my own thinking has that has been formed in such a way that it's almost like I live three separate lives. I have this art side of me, this creative side of me, which I often spend designing things or making things like this but mostly designing and making motion graphics and that kind of stuff. I this tech side of me that some some of you are friends that have befriended me on this side and I'll check technology news every single day. I used to think I was going to be a programmer when I was growing up. When I was really little, I learned a whole bunch of programming languages that I mess around with some AI frameworks and that type of stuff. Um, and then there's this philosophy side of me, which is what I am studying currently in college, and it is what I believe I'm most interested in, but sometimes I realize the truth that I do have these other two interests. And so philosophy, honestly, is interesting because it purports to be this sort of universal, this sort of universal discipline. And so it's a bit different than art or technology because those have delineated limits. Those have a specific limit of to what can be inquired. Like there are things that are obviously not technology and there's there are things that are obviously not art but even with art that can be debatable but in philosophy it feels like almost literally everything is philosophy um and i'll get to this a little bit later in this episode but philosophy is kind of inescapable and this is the reason why i believe it is important to be known about now i don't think everyone should be a philosopher I actually disagree with a lot of philosophers on this, and I don't think philosophers have made a very good job selling their discipline. In fact, I think they're often very pretentious, and it goes back all the way to Plato, in which he essentially argues in the Republic, at least what I think from my reading of the Republic, that everyone ought to be a philosopher. And I I don't think that, or at least I don't think that in philosophy and the strict sense of everyone needs to know academic philosophy. I think there are problems with academic philosophy, so I'll just get up there and I notice that often people think of philosophy as either outdated, which I completely disagree with, but if you are someone who thinks science um, is 
science is this ideal or science explains completely the truth of the world, I will disagree with you. And I think we'll get to know that why later in later episodes. But, um, but some other people have this intuition of philosophy as either pretentious or super deep. And honestly, I feel like if it depends on what you mean by that, but if you say philosophy as deep as in personally meaningful, I think that there are certain people that philosophy is not going to be meaningful towards, and I think that's going to be a lot of people. But I also agree with you that philosophy is in some sense, at least academic philosophy, especially analytic philosophy, um, which is a name for contemporary British American philosophy, is very pretentious and is very um, kind of disconnected from the world. And I feel like I feel like people's intuitions f about that are actually mostly correct, but I'm still arguing for that you should listen to this podcast and that you should listen to philosophy. And why is that? So this is the main topic of this podcast, which is why philosophy? So if I agree with all these things, then why, why should philosophy be done? And my main argument for this and the reason why I think one should do philosophy, and this is my own personal philosophy of philosophy is namely that is that philosophy is inescapable that your criticisms of philosophy in themselves are a, a type of philosophy so so like let's let's say let's go back to the idea of the person who is a complete scientific realist and believes that science is the ideal conception of the world and that whatever science says is completely accurately true even if there is such, let's assume that there is such thing as a unified science, then that person's criticisms of philosophy itself is, even though it's criticizing a type of philosophy, that, that itself is still a uh, philosophy. It's still uh, a picture of trying to figure out how the world, what the world is. It's still an ontology, which is essentially um, a view of what being is or what is. Um, it's still is an epistemology, which is a view of what how, how things are known. It definitely is an epistemology. And sometimes it even entails ethical claims. So this hypothetical scientismist or scientist, dogmatic scientist, uh, would definitely at least have some moral claims about, oh, we ought to we ought to propagate science completely in in the political sphere and obviously would be opposed to such things as climate change deniers or conspiracy theorists or whatnot. But the fact is, is that this defense of science completely, like this dogmatic defense of science as a whole, and I'm not like anti-science and we'll explain a little bit later, but this defense of science as a whole is itself a philosophy and is subject to debate. And so because of this, philosophy kind of is underneath everything. And this is like say, going back to my philosophy side and my tech side and my art side. And it's that even though academic philosophy, Western academic philosophy especially, has these limits and has these things that are delineated, especially once you ta start talking about Eastern philosophy or if you count like theology, which is definitely a part of philosophy, is you realize that 
Philosophy is so broad that it can be found in literally everything. Literally everything has philosophical assumptions. Literally every sentence you say assumes something about the world and assumes something about what actually is or assumes something about what can be known or assumes something about ethics, about how we should do things or not. And so it is inescapable. And so the question is whether you want to think about it or not. And I feel like there are lots of different ways to approach philosophy. Essentially, I feel like philosophy is all essentially arguments about ways to approach philosophy itself. And so this stance towards philosophy kind of becomes one's philosophy. And I'll have some examples in a second but and so I can't even approach this question of why should we talk about philosophy without assuming things or without detailing this my own philosophy um for example if you asked Heidegger this question and if you asked Plato this question they both totally completely disagree with each other or Wittgenstein and Descartes is that these philosophers besides that we have a name for them philosophy conceive of their own discipline or conceive of what they are doing so differently and the only thing that can really be said of them that is similar is that they are in dialogue with with one another and that they are conversing with one another and so because of this it's hard to even conceive of anything have completely in common because philosophers are kind of in the job of comparing themselves and analyzing the history of thought and pointing out what's wrong with each other and they're conversing with each other but they each have all these different um, conceptions and just the fact that they can converse with each other is kind of the most amazing thing about philosophy. So be- so because of this, because we can find assumptions um, in literally everything, this is kind of the reason why this podcast exists and why I feel like people should listen and at least learn a little bit about philosophy and it is because um there's these spheres of of my life there's this art side of me and there's this tech side of me and then there's this philosophy side of me and even though philosophy purports to be universal and that claim universal values and to try to achieve something solely universal i feel like there are spaces where it hits a brick wall or it hits um something that uh that it, it it really can't explain and it's really confusing or it, maybe it's at least the philosophers that I have read currently but I feel like there could be an actual brick wall of what can be completely understood in terms of thinking and because of this the main goal of this podcast at least for me is to try to answer this question to try to figure out is the Venn diagram of art tech and philosophy can it be subsumed into just art and tech and then there's just the philosophical parts of tech and art and then the other philosophical parts that we that we talk about outside of tech and art or is there things in art and tech that are outside of this realm But conversely, for the people listening here who aren't interested in philosophy, I feel like the same could be answered of your interests. So whatever your interests may be, whatever you feel like explains your life the most, like let's say you're a musician and you think music is the thing that helps you understand life the most, or let's say you're religious or what whatnot. Think about the the things that those 
those interests that explain your life what what is the explaining what how how do they explain your life and what is common between all of these explainers like there is certainly the concept of meaning they provide some sort of meaning to your life and so a philosophical examination of meaning could be in in the works that could be something important that you need to think about um, each of these things may provide a sense of purpose or a sense of what you need to do so um, so these meaningful things you care about also have a sense of um, of ethics which is the study of essentially what should we do and then these things try to explain something there's some object of the explanation there's some being or thing out there in the world so that that's so this explanation or this explanatory model can necessarily be said to be a metaphysical or ontological model which means the study of being and then also there are probably your worldview or these things that you use to explain the world probably say something about knowledge about epistemology about things that can be known and they may also say something about what is beautiful or aesthetics and so these things are common to basically all human experience and I'm I'm trying to discover maybe maybe they aren't and that would be very interesting but I, I currently at least think that these things are common to all, basically any sentence and so this is why not just any sentence but essentially anything one is engaging in in the world and so because of this these are questions that every person implicitly or subconsciously or unconsciously have has to take a stance on and so I don't know if it's always right to always be thinking about these things I feel like some sometimes you could make the argument that philosophers think too much or I think too much or something like that but for people who haven't thought about these things I think it is very important to think about these things for at least for at least a little bit and to examine these assumptions because especially when it comes to that that second one I talked about ethics what we ought to do that is essentially the question that if if there w could be said to be a question that we are always engaging with that is the question we are always engaging with because we are always doing or not doing things not doing something is doing or not it doesn't matter that we are always engaging with doing things and so to, to think to take a step back from that about what we ought to do is probably the most important thing we can think of because um, we we don't want to live a life that obviously isn't good or isn't unfulfilling or meaningful or whatnot we we don't want to live a life that we ought not to basically and so when we're asking why philosophy we're asking should we do philosophy should we think about these things which is an ethical question and so at least this ethical question about should we do philosophy is is an ethical question we we need to think about and let's say you answer no uh, that's that's totally fine um but that is one ethical question you're taking a stance on and let's say you're just talking politics with a friend and you say we should do this thing or we should support 
candidate X or we should we we should support this policy um you are making an ethical claim right there and you are you are essentially doing ethics in some sort of sense you aren't necessarily examining your ethical presuppositions or assumptions but you you are making an ethical claim and let's say you think everyone should believe in climate change or everyone should believe in that the earth is round you are making an epistemic claim a claim about knowledge and both of these two things are fall under what is often what is called normativity which essentially just means what ought we do so uh, epistemic rationality concerns us what we ought to believe or what we ought to think or what we ought to do so we can know things knowledge while um, epistemology ethics concerns with what we ought to do and so normativity is the big what what we ought to is the word for you know norms for of saying something is good or bad so and should be done or not and so if you take a step back and think about if these things are coherent if because let's say you believe that I should do because let's say for example this is an example of something that isn't coherent so we go to a pizza shop and we're sharing some pizza and uh, you grab three-fourths of the pizza and I grab only a fourth I get mad and you say oh you could have you could have taken it you could have um, where it's like oh and you say you could have taken the pizza um, I thought we were just taking as many slices as we wanted it's totally fine you could have taken as many slices as you wanted but then the next time you go and get some pizza with another person they do the same thing and then you get mad at them and ask them you should have told me and we should have split split it halfway and we find ourselves doing this a lot like in politics and in other things especially in politics which is kind of in my my mind uh, just ethics abstracted in a larger sphere is that we have people who point out these contradictions um, but we often point out these hypocrisies or contradictions but the fact is is that often these contradictions and hypocrisies do are not part of um, don't come from malice or ill intent they come from simply being unaware and not examining these whether the principle you're acting on is coherent at all because let's say you do you 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 are coherent and you do say yeah let's eat pizza um when we're eating the pizza you can grab as many slices as we want that's totally fine it's just that um if we're if we're claiming this universally if we're claiming that we ought to do this then um then that person must also act in the same principle um, the other way. And so this especially becomes incredibly important in matters of shared shared life and shared community. There are things that we are definitely going to have to agree that we all need to do in order to live. And the COVID-19 pandemic is definitely an example of that, is, is that even if you are a complete moral anti-realist, which I completely disagree with and I may make, may talk about that in later episodes with with the people I have on the show but um, even if you are a complete moral anti-realist there are things that must 
be there are for society to exist at all there must be some sort of communal system of aid that people can figure out what we need to do and how should we do it and while that may be the it's hard to find someone who has never even if they claim that they are a moral anti-realist who has never shocked or offended or claimed that you shouldn't have done that and if you want to be able to claim the the make the claim that you shouldn't have done that in in a sense that has the real the the real grounded effect the real literal grounded effect of to be a person you must have not done that or to be a good person you would not have done that in that literal sense that when we are at our most angry we 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 want to claim and that we probably should claim if you want to make a should statement like that in a literal sense then you must believe in objective morality if you think that it's possible for laws to be wrong then then you you aren't an actual moral relativist and if you think that you should be a moral relativist you are not a moral relativist because you are still making that claim that you should be and so there is this sense about morality that is inescapable that is um always pervading us and this is the main reason why i believe philosophy is important is that it is that we are always engaging with with things in the world and we're always doing things and so this coherence um at least examining if what we're saying that we should do or what we're doing is coherent and that our explanations for why we are doing things are coherent together then that is the reason to do philosophy is to exa examine that and examine the reasons why we believe ground the reasons why we do what we do but it's from this that I think all the other philosophy, at least the reason why you should be interested in philosophy, at least for some for some reason. I, uh, I don't think everyone needs to become a philosopher or philosophy major or even read a whole bunch of books. But what I think is that ethics is the most primary for getting into it before you're interested in philosophy. Like, it's the, it's the reason why you should do philosophy. But ethics doesn't ground itself. Um, at least in a lot of different philosophical works, there is something that needs to ground the should, needs to ground that, because if we, if, if we're trying to examine all of our assumptions, then we also need to examine the assumptions of what we think is the world, or what is in the world, or what the world is, or what is being to be that word itself what that all means and so when we said we should do something there's this there's this assumption that we understand what something is or what a thing is or um the things in the world or um what should means and so this is where we get to metaphysics which is sometimes viewed as a nasty word sometimes viewed as unscientific or whatnot but the fact is, is that we make claims about what things are or with no evidence that are necessary to be talked about, um, that we need to talk about every single day, that especially if we're trying to talk about 
what we need to do in this world, we, we reference all the time when we're doing things. For example, Bob the conservative and Joe the liberal are arguing about abortion. And Bob the conservative claims that the reason why we should not abort children is because, because a fetus is a person. And the liberal says that we should let people who do want to abort children to do it because it is unknown whether a fetus is a person or makes the stronger claim that a fetus is not a person. Now we have a claim about what person a person is. And so let's say you appeal to biology and you say, okay, so a person is is an organism that they, that they um, are Homo sapiens that that let's say you claim that the essence of a human is in their DNA. So um, now what that would entail is that that um, Bob is right that the conservative is right because um, assuming that, that I don't actually know, but uh, assuming that the DNA in the zygote or whatever is um is the same dna that grows up to be a human but then uh there could be also different explanations about the essence of a human uh in biology that the liberal could use to make her point so she could say no it's birth um the biopsychology or psych psychology no it's birth that and where a person becomes a person because birth is where um, all rational experience begins and it's where the baby's brain is developed or whatever whatever it may be and so the argument um, even even if you're saying biologists say or the argument still has philosophical underpinnings has metaphysical underpinnings because this concept of the person of the essence of a person or what it means to be a person is underlying all of this and so Normally, like, people on the left may say, oh, so you're embracing the language of the religious right if you uh, claim that life begins at fertilization or that the, the soul enters the body um, at, or the soul enters the, the zygote at a specific time or at fertilization. And you're using scripture to back that claim up. I don't think that is bad. I don't think that is wrong. I I especially think that in all of culture, and I'm not just criticizing the left here. Um, I think that in most of our modern secular culture, we have this hesitancy to avoid philosophical presuppositions at all, and to think that redefining things like this, and examining the definitions, is some sort of heresy or some sort of um, uh, abandonment of um, of the truth because scientific um, scientific consensus is what essentially is the truth so this leads me to this leads me to another point for why philosophy is interesting or why someone should at least learn some about philosophy and this is another discipline within philosophy called philosophy of science and so it's related to epistemology but epistemology um as, as we could say concerns with knowledge itself but 
if you take a certain epistemic view, you may th be thinking that science has has some tr or that science. There's a whole bunch of different um, views you can take on this, such as positivism or in um, interpretivism or scientific realism or historism or whatnot. But you. But if you think that, if you're anything other than a dogmatic scientific naturalist, if you think that um, there are some things that science cannot, cannot explain or that science is not a unified whole or any of these claims about science itself um, are, are part of this domain of philosophy of science that is somewhat separate, somewhat separate from epistemology because... Um, Examining the concept of knowledge versus examining the concept of science seems to there seems to be some divide there. Um, and so, if you're interested in this, if you're interested in why um, these two concepts and what people think about science as a whole, or about um, the people who try to support science, such as I don't know, going all the way back to Immanuel Kant trying to uh, save it from the skepticism of Hume, um, save Newton's theory from the skepticism of Hume on a philosophical basis, uh, there's, there's this long tradition of trying to, um, trying to both support science and also trying to support, um, a more metaphysical conception or a more holistic conception of, of the world or of, um, Philosophers don't usually say the universe, but the universe. But the both of these are doing some sort of metaphysics. They are arguing about um, whether whether or not science, the the objects of science, not the the objects of scientific theories, are real or not. Um. So so just like the argument about the concept of a person, there are a lot of concepts that that seem to apply universally that we use to either make sense of the world or mean what the world is. Um, that's kind of the main distinction, is that some people think that the concepts uh, imply what the world actually is, and some people imply that concepts are just things that we use to make sense of the world. But whatever your stance is on that, um, there is this thinking about concepts that that is within philosophy, and there's this thinking about thinking that about this thing that we all do, which is thought, um, that understanding the essence and nature of thinking, what it can bring us and what it can do for us and how it has power over us. Some, some philosophers think that rationality is what causes us to do things or to change your movement at all. Or, um, some philosophers totally disagree, but what Underlying is, in my opinion, all of philosophy is this thinking about thinking, and um, people people often criticize this as, oh, you're not going to get a job, or oh, this is not practical. You're just thinking in an armchair about nothing. And if you've seen me in real life, probably that's what it kind of looks like I do sometimes. But it is very important to note that thought is so much of our lives that imagine a world without speech or um, without communication to being human would be entirely different. It would be the sort of unsensible mess. Like, imagine you going to a country, going to a foreign country, and 
listening to their language and you don't understand a thing. Language in that sense, in that sense like anything else you touch where you can't really make sense of or can't really describe what it feels to, um, like what it is to hold something smooth besides it is smooth, it, everything would be like that. It would be this sort of mess of senses of, um, as kind of what David Hume would talk about or the anomalous would talk about it'd be this mess of nonsensical things and so um so thought brings this order or this um sensibility and this meaningfulness and personality because it can be expressed in speech or in writing or in whatever and so like you may not be a total thinker like me or an overthinker like me but the things that you you really care about, um, whatever it may be, definitely are influenced by thought, by your thinking, by your worldview, by thought itself. And so uh, examining that and trying to reflect on that and reflecting on one's life and reflecting on um, the the meaning of things that mean a lot to you and the meaning of things of what you should be doing is probably the most important thing um, besides doing those things that you care about that you can be doing and so while philosophy may have this reputation of being I don't know to give people existential crises it also has this potential sometimes um, to to be very grounding and to be very interesting and to be a cope to be something that allows someone to deal with their problems and to deal and think through things in a way that their problems are diminished or that uh, you figure out how to solve solve those problems or reconceptualize it in such a way or reframe it. So I believe philosophy, while I totally understand all the reasons why it may seem pretentious or may seem deep or may seem frivolous or not frivolous but may seem like a waste of time is that those is that even though I believe all those things I still f feel like there's value in it and I feel like you should listen and tune into what people have to say because I'm going to be talking to my friends who are interested in philosophy talking to some of my professors in this podcast later and so to hear basically I'll probably will ask them this question first, why philosophy? So you can realize how really practical and really meaningful and really personal it is. Um, I believe uh, it's just my personal opinion, and that's one reason why I don't like analytic philosophers that much is because they are very impersonal, but the constant, continental philosophers really, uh, in my opinion, which are named for philosophers in, can, uh, in Europe mostly, contemporary philosophers in Europe, they try to grapple with these feelings of these really personal, intense, really complicated existent feelings about their own existence or feelings about um, what everything is that write it in such a way that it's, it's much more poetic and much more, um, and it feels like they're writing uh, an opera or a ballad or some music but with concepts themselves and they're trying to wrestle with these concepts and figure out what they mean and figure out um, how, how they relate to their lives or how they relate to the lives but on this 
abstract sense, and this is why I enjoy reading philosophy. I, I feel like I have a very literal mind, and so I feel like I sometimes struggle with reading literature, and we're going to talk about that um, in the first episode of Jackcast Art. Uh, you should tune into that while I talk with my friend William about literature, and I say some of these things, but I have this very literal mind, and so honestly, philosophy turns that literalization back on itself and turns it into this sort of sweeping drama of um, concepts that play with themselves and they they negate themselves and they create the world and all this evil and tension and drama and um, that that's why I, I keep on coming back I feel like is it's it appeals to my mind in a sense that other things don't and so it's essentially a story it's a story of thought it's a story of thinking it's a story of it's a story of things that are all universal to all of us and the people who decide to tackle tackle on those things and what they decide those things were. Um, and it's this big drama epic because if it's the most grand thing that on it that you could think of, um, and that's I'm not just saying Western philosophy, I'm saying philosophy in the most grand sense is what people have thought about their lives and that itself is the most grand thing that can be can be thought of is not of is that even if you're a total nihilist and you say life is meaningless the question is life meaningless is still going to have some meaning to you and so it's it's the grand it's the grand quest and that's that's why I I like it and that's why I think you should listen to these later Jackcast philosophies, even if you're mostly interested in technology or mostly interested in art. So, thank you. This has been a very, very fun episode for me. I may actually do more Jackcasts that I just rant like this, but if you didn't like this, please tell me. I probably rambled for a long time, and there might have been some things I didn't get back to, and may didn't, so I may edit some things in, um, but I thought this was very good, and I hope you thought something was insightful. Please, please DM me if you thought this was interesting. Please talk back if you want to be on the JackCast. Just DM me at JackCast underscore, and if you're some of the people that have been waiting to be interviewed, I'll get to you as soon as possible. So, anyway, thank you for listening to this first episode. Thank you for sitting through my long rant about philosophy, and hope to see you and all the other jackcasters later.